Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. Fluorescent lights stung my eyes. Katie held my hand as Linda leaned over me. I can see the bullet. I could see the sweat on Linda's forehead. Christ, she was more scared than I was. I'm gonna remove it now. Keep still. Q-Code and Wood Elf. Present the edge of sleep. Starring Mark Fishbach. Created by Jake Emanuel and Willie Block. July 5th, 4 p.m. There were five of us at the Santa Mira Hospital. We might have been the last five people in Southern California. Or maybe the world. Mateo, Linda, Katie, me, and the man we had locked in the storage closet. The man who shot me. <laughs> Hello? Is someone listening? I just want to talk. You can't lock me in here. It isn't right. I know you can hear me. <laughs> As Linda treated me, I saw her look at the scars that covered my body. I could tell she was curious. Okay. Here we go. I got it! Holy shit, I'm fucking good! Woo! (laughs) Don't don't laugh. Uh, You're still bleeding. Here. I need to put some staples in. Is he going to be okay? I didn't see any organ damage. The bullet was caught between his eighth and his ninth ribs. There was a small hairline fracture on his rib, but that won't keep a professional athlete out of the game. Basically, it's a fucking miracle it wasn't worse. Oh, thank God. I need a cigarette. And normally, I'd say you'd need some sleep, but not today. Linda, thank you. I'll be outside if you need me. Katie sat quietly with her arms draped around me. It felt good to share the silence. If we kept quiet, we didn't have to talk about what had happened to the world, or to our friends or loved ones. In the silence, we could hide from what we feared most. We were running out of time. Dave. Yeah? I love you. I love you too. But I had to leave. Yeah, I know. As we held each other, I looked down at the cast on her arm, and I knew I was responsible. How bad is it? Uh, not that bad. I was supposed to take the cast off in a week. It's just a minor fracture and some torn ligaments. 
Katie. I'm so sorry. I know, baby. I know. But it's not your fault. You can't control what happens in your sleep. Maybe not. But I knew there was a risk. Every time I slept beside you, I was selfish. You're not selfish or wanting to love someone. That's what everyone wants. You're just human. <clears throat> uh, did you see the way Linda was looking at me? What way? Uh, my scars. She seemed pretty freaked out. I'm sure she was. Uh, how did you feel when you first saw them? I can't remember. I'm so used to them now. She ran her finger up a line of old scar tissue that trailed up my chest. You'll have a new scar to go with the old ones. They're both memories I'd like to forget. Oh, I'm not sure you can. So you might as well try to learn from them. Okay, Davy. Say goodbye, cabin. Goodbye, cabin. Goodbye, Oregon. Goodbye, Oregon. Are you excited to go home? Yeah. Me too. When I was five, I spent 18 months in isolation. It was just my mom and I living up in the forest of Oregon. I was undergoing an experimental treatment known as sensory deprivation therapy. The idea was to clear my head, to keep me away from any extraneous stimulation so my nightmares would go away. It was a risk, but it worked, and I started to get better. After I got home, years went by without any nightmares. They began to feel like a distant memory, and eventually, I got over my fear of going to sleep. By the time I was a teenager, my life was basically normal. I had friends, I played sports, I went to parties. Obviously, I had to stay away from any kind of violent media, like video games and horror movies. But other than that, I was a regular kid. And like a lot of guys my age, I was obsessed with girls. With one girl in particular, Jane Miller. Hey, Dave. Oh, hi, Jane. That's right. My voice was this fucking deep in high school. What are you up to tonight? Oh, you know, um, probably going to the gym. Oh, okay. Well, some people are coming over tonight to hang out. You want to come? Uh, tonight? Yeah, unless you're too busy working out. No, no, no. That sounds cool. Uh, what time? Nine o'clock. Okay, all right, I can do that. Do you need me to bring anything, like snacks? Mm, do you have any beer? No. That sucks. <laughs> I think my dad has some Chardonnay or something. I, I'm just I fucking with you. Oh. See you at nine. Okay, all right, cool. See you later.
Mm. Hey. What? Get your finger out of my sauce. I'm hungry. Just wait a minute. Hey, guys. Hey, hey Dave. Looking good, buddy. Going out tonight? Yeah, I'm just hanging out with Steve and Jeremy. You gelling your hair for those two? I don't know. I'm just trying something new. <clears throat> Whoa, you're laying it on a little thick with the cologne. Is it too much? Yeah, step back. You're gonna ruin the pasta sauce. Fuck. Language? Sorry. What are you guys doing tonight? Just hanging out, playing some air hockey. Okay, but no scary movies or video games or anything like that. Mom, no. I'm sorry. I have to ask. Okay, I'm going. Love you. Bye, by 11. Yeah, okay, all right, later. Have Bye. fun. You think he's going to see Steve and Jeremy? No way in hell. Why'd he dress up for those goons? You think it's a girl? Maybe. He is a charmer, just like his dad. <laughs> Get off of me. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. Hey, Jane. Come in. Okay, cool. Thanks. Where is everybody? EJ and Kara are over at Dylan's. And Bruce and Lana might stop by later. Oh. Okay. It was just the two of us. Me and the girl I had liked since sixth grade. Alone. On a Friday night. Sitting together on her couch. So, what do you want to do? Uh, I don't know. Want to watch a movie? Jane handed me a DVD from Blockbuster. It was a horror movie. The only thought I had was... I'm fucked. AJ said it's awesome. I don't know. It looks kind of dumb. <sighs> Come on, it'll be fun. I can make some popcorn. Um, my dad has a couple of beers in the basement cooler. Well, I'm just not really in the mood for a horror movie, you know? <laughs> Why? Are you scared? No. Is it true what everyone says? That you'll freak if you see something violent? What? Who told you that? That's just what I heard. No. Of course not. So let's watch it. Okay. Awesome. I'll get the beer. All teenagers make mistakes. They drink and drive. They do drugs. They shoplift. I just wanted to watch a horror movie. A dumb one at that. I hadn't had a nightmare in years. What was the worst that could happen? normal. No shallow breathing or dizziness? No. That's good. That's really good. So listen, I think we should all have a talk. How we spend the next couple of hours is critical, and we need to have some sort of a plan. Okay. Sounds good. 8 p.m. It was night again. Are you sure you can walk? Uh, yeah, yeah. As we went to meet Linda, we passed this storage closet. 
Dave. Katie, are you there? Fuck <laughs> you! Just ignore him. I just want to talk. Please. Katie, come back. <laughs> Katie and I joined Mateo and Linda in the lobby. We all looked like shit. We were tired, scared, doing our best to keep it together. I won't sugarcoat this. We're still completely in the dark. We have no idea what's causing this, and time is running out. If we're lucky, the Badafinil buys us another 24 hours, maybe 30. But we're gonna get more tired, and then we'll fall asleep. And we won't wake up. So you're saying we're fucked? I have an idea. It's a long shot, but maybe it can give us some answers. What do you have in mind? Upstairs, we have an MRI. If we run a scan on someone's brain, we can see narrow imaging of the cranial cavity, the brainstem, and the cerebellum. It might help us understand what's causing this. You know how to work an MRI? I'm studying neurology. I was. I'm not a pro, but I can run some basic tests. All right, well, shit. What do we gotta lose? Let's do it. If we're running a brain scan, whose brain are we running it on? Well, for the MRI to work, we'll need to run it during the exact moment that the subject falls asleep. That's the only way we can get substantial results. What exactly are you suggesting, Linda? I know what she's suggesting. That we take that psycho in the closet and use him as our human guinea pig. You're suggesting that we kill him? We won't be killing him. We'll be monitoring him as he dies in his sleep. This isn't the time to parse your words, Linda. If you're suggesting that we help kill this guy, say what you fucking mean. I'm saying that he dies so that we might live. Unless you think it's better that we all die. I think it's better if we come up with a different option. <laughs> like what? Well, I don't know. Like literally anything else. Well, you better think of something quickly. Because every second we wait, we grow more and more tired, more erratic, less rational. I think that's already happened. Why do you care if he lives or dies? The guy's a piece of shit. He shot you. If I hadn't come in and saved your ass, your nuts would have been in a jar on a shelf. We might be the last people alive. If this really is the end, is this how you want humanity to go out? Spending our last moments on Earth doing a bunch of human experiments like a bunch of Nazi doctors. I want to go out fighting. Here. One of these. Driver's licenses. All girls. We found them in his van. Laura Baxter, born January 28th, 1996. Carla Moran, address 37 Godfrey Road West, Westford, Alabama, Sully, 820 Thompson Street, Glastonbury, Connecticut. I looked them up. The girls I could find had obituaries, and they all died the same way. Would you like to know how? They overdosed. That's how he got away with it. He drugged them, used them, and made their deaths look like overdoses. <sighs> Melanie Ellen Brent! Kate Miller. He hit his crimes in the opioid epidemic. Maybe he did. But I'm not going to be this man's judge, jury, and executioner. It's not up to you. We should vote. Anyone who thinks we should try the MRI, raise their hands. It's three to one. I'm sorry, Dave. 
Normally I'd agree with you, but everything that was normal in the world ended this morning. <laughs> I'm actually surprised by how I feel. I feel like he deserves it. That settles it. Mateo, can you and Dave go take him up to the fourth floor? You expect me to help you? Yes. Yes, I do. Come on, man. I don't want to deal with this fucker alone. Let's go. Popcorn? Thanks. My dad just got these crazy new speakers. I forget what they're called. Uh, surround sound. Yeah. It's 5.1 or something. And you can hear the whole movie behind you. Cool. I was just teasing, you know. Like, if you are too scared, we don't have to watch it. I knew there was no way I could back down now. Not in front of Jane. We were watching this movie. No way. Put it on. Okay, sweet. I'm pressing play. Cool. The movie was called Moobles. It was one of those cheesy early 2000s horror movies with bad special effects. Is anybody there? <laughs> Show yourself, God damn it! In the movie, a meteor crashes on a farm in Nebraska, and these little blue creatures called Moobles start terrorizing the town. Drugs, as I live and breathe. Hello, Lila. The movie's heroes are a local journalist and an out-of-work biologist who used to date back in high school. How have you been? You know me. Always looking for that front-page scoop. What brings you back to town? Flew in last week. Funding to my research got cut. So if you know anyone who's looking to hire a wildlife biologist, let me know. I'm sorry. That's a tough break. Apparently, there are not a lot of investors out there willing to fund the study of Siberian caribou. Wow, I remember you had killer dance moves in high school. Maybe try the strip club. They can always use an extra dancer. Well, I don't know who the hell would pay to see that. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If you get the job, I'll be your first customer. As the movie progresses, they start to investigate a series of grisly deaths that occur across town. Oh my god, what could have done this? There, a wolf? No, the teeth marks are too small. It had to be something the size of a squirrel. A squirrel? With the ferocity of a wolverine. Is this like anything you've seen before? I don't think 
anyone's ever seen something like this before. Watch out! <laughs> Around an hour into the movie, I slid my arm over Jane's shoulder. I wasn't very slick. I pulled the classic stretching my arm over my head move before dropping it around her. But it fucking worked. She snuggled up against me. I couldn't believe it. The coolest, most beautiful girl in school seemed to like me. I felt incredible, like I'd reached some sort of turning point. From here on out, I could have everything I ever wanted. A girlfriend, a regular life. But it wasn't a feeling that lasts very long. Hey! Fuckface, get up! We're going for a walk! Where are we going? Shut the fuck up! You don't say shit unless you're spoken to, got that? Get up! Please, I just want you to know that I have a family, a beautiful wife, two daughters... I said shut up! Ah! Mateo, you don't think those girls you took had families, huh? How do you think their parents felt when they had to bury their fucking daughters? I didn't hurt them. Believe me, they were junkies. Hey! hey. <laughs> There's nothing you have to say that I want to hear, okay? If you speak again, I'll bash your teeth in, you fucking cockroach. Mateo, let's go. Upstairs, we strapped him to the MRI. What the hell are you people doing? Hey, what are those? Get off me! Please. I, I just want to know what you're attempting to do. I told you to shut the fuck up! Do you want me to gag him? No. That's okay. What do we do now? We wait. The electroencephalogram will tell us when he's asleep. And then we start the MRI. We walked into the observation room next door and watched through a glass window as he writhed in his straps. He looked like a trapped rat, screaming and calling out. Damn! Don't do this! Please! If you hurt me, you know what'll happen. You'll be the one who fucking pays for it! Every night when you go to sleep, the scars you have now are nothing, nothing compared to what's coming. Just turn it off. What the hell are you doing in my office? We can't let you do this. Try and stop me. By the end of the movie, the town's evil millionaire plans on selling the Moogles as toys, and he's gonna ship them to stores all across the country. The Moogles have the ability to remain absolutely still, so they can pretend to be dolls. The whole ending is a little far-fetched, but whatever. Do you know what's gonna happen if you sell these things to kids? Yes, I'm gonna make millions. Moogles are going to be 2002's most popular toy. These things are gonna be hotter than fiddly sticks. This is gonna be like crack cocaine for toddlers. You're insane. Look, why don't you both work for me? You can get in on this from the ground up. Don't you get it, man? The only thing you're gonna have is a goddamn massacre on your hands. 
In the end, the journalist and the scientist find the Moobles spawning pool. They burn the eggs with a flamethrower and blow up the queen with C4. Light her up! No! It's my baby! Motherhood's a bitch. You think they'll ever come back? If they do, we'll be ready. Now all I have to do is write up the story. How's this for a headline? After saving the world, two high school sweethearts reunite. Let's take it to print. What'd you think? It... it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really funny. <laughs> So, what do you want to do now? This was my moment. It was now or never. I leaned forward and went in for a kiss. As she kissed me back, I realized it had worked. Holy shit. I had fun tonight. Me too. Pleasant dreams. It had been an amazing night. I made out with Jane. I had watched my first horror movie. I thought that this must be what it feels like to be a normal teenager. But then I went to sleep. Hello? I walked down the hall and entered the kitchen. Smashing plates, ripping through cereal boxes on the kitchen counter. And I saw my mom's head on the cutting board. Her eyes were gouged out and replaced with olives. Her mouth was stuffed with an apple. The mobiles opened the fridge and I saw pieces of my parents on every shelf. Suddenly, they attacked me, crawling on my legs, jumping on my shoulders, my head. Get off me! No! What are you gonna do? Inside, Dave. I bet it's cozy in there. You'll make a wonderful home, Dave. Get Your 
We're pumping through your very lucky, Mr. and Mrs. Torres. Thankfully, he missed his lungs and heart, but Davis suffered from lacerations to the kidney and spleen, and several gashes across his chest and abdomen required staples. I don't know if necessary. For now, they are. I have recommended that Dave be put under psychiatric hold. He'll be under surveillance for the next 24 hours. A psychiatrist will evaluate him tomorrow, but for the night, I've prescribed antipsychotic medication. It's for his own safety. We need to make sure that Dave does not try to harm himself again. My poor boy. I spent six weeks in the hospital recovering from the stab wounds. Then the next six months in a psychiatric ward. It took two more years of therapy and homeschooling to undo the damage I'd done that night. I still dream of the movables from time to time. But it's never as bad as the first night. That was the first and last time I ever saw a horror movie. 1 a.m. We've been waiting in the observation room. What's up? Anything? He's asleep. I'm running the MRI. the readings. What do they mean? Linda sat glued to the computer screen, watching the brain waves rise and fall. Kitty took my hand. We stood together for a couple minutes, waiting, barely breathing. He's gone. He was dead. As I looked at his body through the glass window, I felt relieved. At the same time, I knew we were not that far behind him. None of us had slept in over 48 hours. We waited quietly as Linda studied the readouts, both hoping and dreading the results that she'd find. Linda. Linda. Yes. What did you find? There was a spike in his alpha and beta waves right before he died. It's when his heart stopped. What does that mean? It means he died in a dream. The Edge of Sleep, 
stars Mark Fishbach as Dave, Kara Santana as Linda, Pat Healy as the Trespasser, Alex Esso as Katie, Victor Rasuk as Mateo, Marsha Cross as Tracy, Rob Morrow as John, Sander Argerbright as Young Dave, Rose Gilroy as Jane, Benjamin Arthur as Wade Drux, and Sheila Carrasco as Lila Monroe. Additional performances by Randy Heller, James Wellington, Mara Schuster Lefkowitz, and Jake Emanuel. Written by Jake Emanuel and Willie Block. Directed by Jake Emanuel. Produced by Q Code, Daylight Media, and Mark Fishbach. Recorded, mixed, and mastered by Salt Audio. Original music and score by Jamie Sheffman and Noah Gersh for Salt Audio. Sound design by Maria Mora and Juan David Chaparro Perez for Audio for Media. Edited by Zach Jurich. Associate producer, Tess Ryan. Script supervisor, Sam Beasley. Production support provided by James Gelberg. Casting by Chelsea Block and Marisol Roncalli at Atomic Honey. Art by Matt Taylor and Aaron Salazar. Special thanks to Jeff Roy, Mark Holden, Kirsty Jan Verdal, and Celeste Armstrong. The Edge of Sleep is a Q-Code production. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.